Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Welcome to Real Presence Live. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. I am your host for the next two hours, and I hope you're having a good start to the day on this Thursday, March 7th. If you're not having a good start to the day, I know in listening to Real Presence Radio, by God's grace, it will get better. we got a great show for you planned again in our listening area. Let's begin with a prayer. And the prayer is from today's reading from the book of Deuteronomy, which I've always loved. It reads, as you attend Mass today, Moses said to the people, Today I have set before you life and prosperity, death and doom. Choose life then, that your descendants may live by loving the Lord. Indeed, as we begin this season of Lent, which I'll talk more about in my monologue coming up a little bit later, we will uh, begin to reveal and uh, live again the the, the mysteries of this holy season. But first, Gregory, give us a preview of our show ahead. We've got a great show planned. Sure thing, Monsignor. So during our 9.30 to 10 segment, you'll be able to call in with your questions from Monsignor Schumacher at 877-795-0122 or by commenting with your questions on Facebook during our Straight Talk segment. And Dr. Beverly Everett of the Bismarck Mandan Symphony Orchestra will stop by to talk about their upcoming event in March featuring a local talent. And she's been a trendsetter throughout her entire life. Hear how Agnes Harrington, one of this year's Catholic Charities North Dakota Caritas Award recipients, excuse me, has been giving back to her community through helping at her parish. All this and much more coming up this morning. Uh, Gregory, tonight we have the uh, North Dakota State Class B Region 7 here at the, the Dickinson Trinity School, where I'm coming to you live from the Steffes campus. Have you been watching any basketball, Gregory? I have, not, I have not watched basketball. So uh, Say, by the way, congratulations to Kindred. Uh, they're, they're in your region down there. And I, uh, congratulations to, to all our participants in basketball uh, this season. But the Kindred girls, by the way, if you missed them, they're going to be around next year. They're going to be around for, for a while. I, I, I got caught watching that on TV. And tonight we have uh, Dickinson Trinity versus Beulah. And I know that there are Class B games class a games i know that there are basketball games in our entire listening region so best of luck to all of you we pray that the athletes may play to the best of their ability and be uh, safe from all harm Uh, a lot of people give up tv for lent but they still watch basketball uh how about you gregory well uh, we our family is giving up tv for lent as well um so we're, we're just watching like saint movies and stuff like that so and since we don't watch ba- watch basketball we won't be watching basketball anyway well i wish you a good start to your land we'll talk to you later on in the show gregory sounds good monsignor thank you for getting us uh, kicked off as i said 
My show is coming to you live from the Steffes campus. This is Dickinson Trinity Middle School and High School. And we are, um, of course, in Dickinson, North Dakota. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. Let's get our, let's get our show rolling here. And as I said, we're here at the Steffes campus. My first guest is Mr. Paul Steffes himself of the Steffes Corporation here in Dickinson. We're going to visit with him. He is a business owner. He is a man of faith. And uh, he is a, a friend of mine. I, I first met uh, Paul Steffes uh, 25 years ago when I was a young priest. Paul, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Monsignor. It's great to have you on the show. And uh, first, let's begin by uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Paul. Well, uh, I grew up in Dickinson. I went to Trinity High School from 1965 to 69. I went to NDSU and studied engineering. And uh, came back, and uh, my father had retired, and he had a lathe and a welder, and and uh, I had many opportunities to go with Caterpillar, Train, uh, a number of other companies. And uh, but I decided to come home and uh, work with my dad. We had five years of financial starvation, and it took 15 years to grow to 15 people, and another 30 years to grow to 500 people. We just crossed 500 people last week. Incidentally, we do have 70 openings as well, if anyone out there needs a job. <laughs> we need lots of welders and electricians. Uh, uh, why are they hard to find, Paul, these skilled positions? Well, I, I think uh, in this area, you know, there's just so much going on. And uh, you know, we, uh, we just need a lot of them in, uh, in southwest North Dakota. And uh, um, the economy is good. And... Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're growing as fast as we can get employees. Paul Steffes of the Steffes Corporation here in Dickinson, North Dakota, kicking our show off on Real Presence Live. I welcome all of our listeners. Tell us what Steffes Corporation does, Paul. Okay, so, you know, we, uh, we're committed to innovation. You know, so what I want to say is that we're building an enduring company is what, you know, my goal is. You know, my, my goal is successful succession and perpetual reinvention. But... What we do right now, even though we do reinvent ourselves every five years, you know, we, uh, we have a contract manufacturing component where we make you know, lots of parts. You know, we, we make 30 parts for 30 bobcats a day at our plant. We laser cut, build, and weld, and paint these devices, and uh, you know, then they go to Bismarck for assembly. You know, so we don't put the tires on, the motors on, but we uh, do all the steel fabrication. And then we, uh, for 30 years, we've been involved in energy storage. And, uh, you know, so we heat 100,000 homes throughout the U.S. and Canada. And basically, you know, we're getting devices to consume electricity individually and aggregately to meet the second-to-second -second real-time needs of the grid while ensuring that individual consumers have all the hot water and heat they need. So it's a, a very interesting thing that, that uh, brings a, a new dimension of conservation and efficiency to the entire electric grid. 500 employees at the Steffes Corporation here in Dickinson. Uh, Paul, uh, there are a lot of different ways to, 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 run, a, to run a business. Uh, first, let's, that, let's talk about your role uh, today, which I'm, I'm sure is, is different than it was uh, 10, 20, or 30 mm -hmm. years ago. When you get up in the morning, what makes you excited to go to work? So, as I said, you know, I'm, I'm 67, so my role is successful succession and perpetual reinvention. So I've always been an inventor, a seller, and a producer. I've never been a manager. Uh, you know, and so 
Uh, yes, I, I am the owner of the company, and I carry the title CEO, but basically I'm the founder and chief innovation officer, if you want to ask what my, uh, my function is in the company. And so, I am, I'm also chairman of the board as well. So you have found your gift. You have found your strength. Uh, it could be said that you have minimized your weaknesses uh, to, to um, allow other people to run parts of your company. So uh, I, I've had your staff over at, at my rectory. You have, you have extraordinary people working for you. Tell us briefly then about, uh, uh, not by name or what they do, but uh, th those who, who manage that allow you yeah. to do what, what you're given by God in his sure. gifts to you to do. So, <clears throat> you know, we, you know one, one thing I can say is that I, I love what I'm doing, you know, the, the reinvention part of it. And I trust our people that are in management, and uh, I allow them to make mistakes, and uh, we celebrate failures, and uh, we try and fall forward with any failure we have. But, but uh, you know, all of our people... You know, we, I have the philosophy that they don't really learn unless you allow them to make real mistakes. Hopefully they're not mistakes that uh, end the company, but there's ones we can survive and we learn from and we grow from. I'm talking to uh, Paul Steffes, the CEO of Steffes Corporation here in Dickinson, North Dakota. We happen to be on the Steffes campus here. My show is coming to you live from Dickinson Trinity Junior High and High School. My name is Monsignor Schumacher, your host. We've got a great show planned for you as we have this uh, Thursday uh, in Atlanta kicking off. Uh, Paul, let me ask you, if I were to ask you, what is the heart of the Steffes Corporation? What is the heart of the Steffes Corporation here in Dickinson? Yeah, uh, and so <clears throat> yeah, we have this wonderful team and I, I've said it before, but I, I'll probably say it again before this is done. But, um, uh, you know, building an enduring company or having a company that uh, can perpetually, you know, reinvent itself. You know, I'm, I, I plan on this business focusing, you know, living and, and thriving for several hundred years. And so it isn't like my succession plan is to sell this thing. It is to... Uh, you know, try and perpetuate it. And so, so it, it's kind of like a basic thing in life. You know, aren't we all looking to somehow make a difference in some way? And, um, you know, I feel I can make a difference in, uh, in this way. So, you know, that's, that's, that's the heart of Cephas. And tell me a little bit about your family, Paul, mm -hmm. because I, I know your family, I, I know them well, and I know that they are, are certainly uh, a, a great part of the heart of Cephas. Sure. And uh, you know, it starts with my wife, and certainly to uh, you know, to to do this reinvention, it does take a lot of my mental time, and <laughs> I, I dream about it a lot. So uh, you know, Lori, Lori, my wife, uh, certainly uh, puts up with me uh, a lot of times to uh, to put that much energy into making it work. Uh, we we have a a, <clears throat> a family council, and so I have three children in their thirties. And they're doing an outstanding job of, uh, you know, being involved in the business, and uh, uh, you know, they're they're looking to be the best owners ever. Not necessarily, you know, they may be key managers in the company, and they are current managers in the company. But uh, you know, they'll have, you know, they'll take another decade before we know, or if they they want to, or if they have the desire, and they have the ability to uh, to be key managers. But they're certainly wonderful contributors, and they, they definitely need to be world-class owners. 
And so, you know, that, 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 that is what we're working very hard on. We have an owner board management system, and my, my family is responsible for, um, for writing an owner's plan annually for the board to approve. That is their number one function. And the names of your children and where they live? I have my oldest daughter, Susie, um, you know, Susie Sobolik. She lives you know, right here in Dickinson. And uh, she's active with the business in writing, uh, you know, writing the, helping with the, writing the owner's plan and, and staying abreast of other things in that regard. Um, then uh, Kyle Steffes, and, uh, you know, he, he lives right here in Dickinson as well. And uh, Susie has three, three kids in the, in the Trinity school system, and Kyle has uh, two children in the Trinity school system. And uh, he's the national sales manager for her oil, oil products. And, uh, you know, you know that, I didn't mention that before, but we basically make oil wells in a box. And it's a revolutionary thing that we started in 2015 and is growing, uh, you know, very well as well. Um, and then Katie is in uh, Grand Forks, and uh, she's a plant manager as well. Uh, thank you for listening to this beginning Real Presence Live. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. My guest is Paul Steffes of the Steffes Corporation. And we're here on the Steffes campus coming to you live from Dickinson Trinity Middle School, High School, where our goal here is to educate the whole student, mind, body, and soul, as is and should be the goal of any Catholic school. Paul, I want you to tell the story. You've told this story to me uh, a couple of times in a, in a couple different forms. Uh, the Mardi Gras story. Uh, we're going to talk now about how your faith uh, not only affects your life, but affects your work. Uh, you got involved doing something, what you wouldn't call very simple, but as you reflect on it in your life is very, very profound. I call it the Mardi Gras story. You know what I'm talking about. T tell it. Okay. So, <clears throat> it, it, you know, before the, the year before the Mardi Gras, you know, uh, it, was, it was not the Mardi Gras. It was called the Carnival. And my mother, it was a one-day event to raise money for band uniforms. I was probably in the fifth grade or something of that nature. Anyway, um, uh, my mother, you know, had to make, you know, I don't know, 100 pounds, a lot of pounds of sloppy joes. Anyway, so uh, my task was to cut all of the celery for the sloppy joes, and I, you know, I had an appreciation, you know, this fine taste for the good sloppy joe, and 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 the celery in my mind now has to be about the size of a peanut, you know, it gives the sloppy joe the right texture if you have it. So, I don't know. I spent hours and hours cutting the celery, you know, into you know five gallon bucks of these celery mm. into the size of peanuts. Anyway, I'm a fifth grader, part of the Trinity, you know, you know, school system, the Catholic school system in Dickinson. And, you know, to this day, I had this, it was one of the first kind of experiences where I felt I made a difference. You know, I cut these, let's say, 10 gallons of, you know, celery little peanuts. And, uh, you know, the Mardi Gras had extra, you know, kind of meaning to me. <laughs> I had a few extra barbecues. But... But I had this good feeling of giving and this, you know, good feeling of I made a difference. And I, 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 I still feel that. And, and there are many other areas in that you know, arena where, where I, I have that good, warm, happiness, you know, made a difference kind of feeling. I like that story because it reminds all of us, parents too, how something so simple can become so profound yeah. in, in, in one's life.
Uh, Paul, you and I are both members of the Equestrian Order of the Holy Sepulchre. Mm -hmm. uh, we're members of the Knights of the Holy Sepulchre, they're called. And uh, y you, you told me how that is an anchor in your faith. You are a Catholic man. Tell me how your faith uh, affects your, your work sure. as CEO of the Steffes Corporation. Yeah. Well, you know, certainly I had, you know, a strong Catholic upbringing. And I'm of the firm belief, you know, for all of mankind, that if you don't have any belief, there's chaos. And so... So, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy believing, and I, I, uh, I certainly, uh, you know, <laughs> feel it's a, a, a wonderful thing to, uh, to, to, you know, have my faith, and, uh, uh, and it's good for all of mankind, and we have a chance of surviving if we, uh, we all believe in something. Tell me uh, any encouragement, maybe, for other business owners who may be nervous about mixing business with faith. You've always been comfortable talking about your faith yeah. in your business. Um, do you have any encouragement for other owners who may be listening, who may be nervous or, or tentative uh, about that? I don't really have any advice. I, all I can do is you know, what our co works in our company, and it may not work in other companies. But Tell me uh, what does work in your company. Just that everyone is allowed to have the faith that they want. You know, we certainly don't employ all Catholics, and that rumor isn't true. It, you know, it used to be at Steffes we made uh, we made uh, church furniture. You know, from 1967 till you know, <laughs> recently, there's you know hundreds and hundreds of pews that have Steffes pews. You know, churches that have Steffes pews. Right. And it's not true that the requirement to work at Steffes that you had to have a ruler and a rosary. That was not <laughs> that was not true. So so we didn't require people to be Catholic, but we certainly uh, didn't. Uh, we we certainly support a lot of Catholic organizations at Steffes. Our philanthropic committee has been very good about uh, you know the the Catholic uh, school mission. Paul, thank you very much for joining us. Paul Steffes of the Steffes Corporation, coming to you live from the Steffes campus here at Dickinson Trinity Middle School and High School. Thank you for joining me. Come back to Real Presence Live soon, and thank you uh, for all your support and everything we do. Very good. Thank you very much. Well, uh, Paul, thank you for being with us. Um, uh, I, I could visit with you for a couple hours. We're going to take our first break. We'll have Straight Talk coming up at 9.30, Straight Talk. And we'll be back soon. Uh, don't go anywhere. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Live, engaging, and local. That's Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Catholic listeners, that's probably the, the majority of you that are that are listening and calling in and, and giving. We appreciate that so much. And uh, and it's just an opportunity to continue to grow, you know, to continue to grow in your faith. We know our faith isn't isn't limited to what you know in your head, but what you know in your head does help move your heart. And Catholic Radio is a great opportunity to engage in the faith, to learn more, to learn more about doctrine, to learn more about the gospel, to learn more about the scriptures and those essential elements of our faith. I also know that Catholic Radio really helps to reach people who would never darken the doors of a Catholic church, who, mm. who don't know, who don't have a, a relationship with the church, and yet, you know, through whatever reasons, God's providence, they find themselves listening to this radio station. And uh, and I and I personally know that that's, that's been the source, or that's helped many people on the way to conversion and deeper faith in Jesus Christ and, and the life of the church and the sacraments. So... 
Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio. Did you know the signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming? Have you ever thought about running radio spots on the RPR network? We want to partner with you to help gain exposure for your business in front of a very faithful customer base. To find out more about your options, please call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. RPR is looking for an enthusiastic marketing director to help with overall marketing efforts. You'll be a key part of the development and execution of marketing plans to reach targets from brand awareness to mission promotion. This position requires a visionary and creative individual who can take the lead and focus our marketing for RPR activities and create a unified approach for the network. Degree in marketing, communication, or related field preferred? For a copy of this job description, email tonya at yourcatholicradiostation.com or call 877-795-0122. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating Mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page and be sure to like us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. It just turned to 21 minutes past the hour. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. On the bottom of the hour, we're going to begin the segment entitled Straight Talk. So get ready in about eight and a half minutes. It's your opportunity to share your your questions. You can share a comment. You can voice an, an obfuscation. There's a lot of obscure events in this world and community today. Uh, the number to call at the bottom of the hour, 877-795-0122, uh, or find us on Facebook. Uh, you can kick it to me there. Uh, 877-795-0122 Straight Talk. And uh, my uh, parochial vicar, Father Jordan Dosh, will, will be with us uh, then. He's uh, currently offering my Mass at St. Wenceslas here in Dickinson so that I can be on the, on the radio with you. As I said, we are in this season of Lent. Yesterday, finally, we kicked off Ash Wednesday. The latest Ash Wednesday can ever be is March 10th. Uh, so we celebrated it yesterday, March 6th. The earliest it could be is February 4th. Uh, so we could have uh, kicked off Lent 30 days ago, but I don't think in the upper Midwest any one of us wanted to uh, relive those 30 days of the last winter we've had. 40 days. Uh, th- let's look at this term 40 in Scripture, first of all. We know that when it was time for the Hebrew people to leave Egypt, when the Hebrews were called to leave Egypt, they refused to go because they didn't trust God. They didn't trust God's promise. So what happens when we don't trust God? Uh, God will put events in our life to, 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 to create trust. So God led the Hebrew people into the desert for 40 years 
and then they learned to trust. He led the Hebrew people into the desert for 40 years, quite frankly, until those who refused to cross the Jordan died, and that purified God's people. That's 40. In Noah's day, 40 days of flooding washed away the evil that infected the world. And we know in the New Testament, the 40 days of Lent symbolizes the 40 days when our Lord spent fasting and prayer in the barren wilderness. It's still one of my favorite invitatory antiphons from the Liturgy of the Hours, actually one that I I use all year. Uh, it, It goes, Come, let us worship Christ the Lord, who for our sake endured temptation and suffering. So the church then is in this great season of Lent. It's a solemn season, 40 days of preparing for for Easter. And we have ashes to remind us of two things, repentance and our mortality. Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. We have the color violet, which is the liturgical color of penance. It's a solemn time. We're not going to have a gloria in the Mass, for example. And we also have a kind of a it's, a, it's a pared down, barren time of the year. Not a lot of celebrations, no weddings. All my baptisms are, are getting geared up, uh, unless it's an emergency for the Easter Vigil, which is on April 20th. Easter this year is on April 21st. So we, we started off this season of Lent. And you know, there's something in the human soul that wants to begin again. There's something in the human soul that wants to start all over. And New Year's Day is one opportunity, but a tremendous graced opportunity is Ash Wednesday, this season of Lent, to say to the effect Lord, give me another shot at it. I, I, I want to recommit. I want to reconnect. I want to begin again. And give me my ashes to remind me that this life is passing quicker than we can ever imagine. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. You're listening to Real Presence Live. On the bottom of the hour, it's 26 past the hour. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to have straight talk. Get ready for that. Father Jordan Dosh will join me, 877-795-0122. In this theme of Lent, I spoke with my school yesterday about what the word Lent means. What does the word Lent mean? Well, it comes from the Anglo-Saxon word Lenten. Lent comes from that word L-E-N-G-T-E-N, from which we get our English word length or lengthen. And so it's no coincidence that this season of Lent falls at the time of the year when the days are lengthening, the days are getting longer as we near springtime. And then what happens? We see, uh, I told my students yesterday, we're about to see a miracle. The miracle of the frozen earth in this northern hemisphere in our region of the world coming back to life. 
because of the thaw that happens. I uh, love these words of Maximus of Turin. He's an Italian. He wrote this over 1,600 years ago, 1,609 years ago to be exact. He wrote this in 410. He said, the 40 days coincide in time with that season of the year when nature experiences a thaw. He said, it is the business of Lent to produce a thaw in our soul. And so, indeed, the days lengthen to thaw the earth, from which we get our word Lent, lengthen. And this season of Lent can thaw our soul. We need to thaw our soul or we will hide from God. Remember God in the garden. Where are you, Adam? We will hide from God. And we, we need to thaw our soul. Or we may ask, like that first reading yesterday, we may ask, where, where is my God? Where is my God in my life? Where is my God in those other people I live with? Where is God in the events that I have in my life? So I hope all of you have a good season of Lent. And I keep saying... By God's grace, we can all have a great season of Lent. And by God's will, it may be the last Lent for any one of us. We don't know. But we do know that it is here. And as Paul said yesterday so beautifully in that second reading, now is the time. Now is the day of our salvation. And as ambassadors of Christ, Let's begin again. And let's also not get discouraged. Should your practices of Lent fail? Should your resolutions, so to speak, fail? Begin again. Pick up and begin again because now is the time. Now is the time to prepare for straight talk. 877-795-0122. This is a time for you to share your questions, to share your comments. When you hear the chord, which is coming up, it's your chance to, to ring in or send them to us on Facebook. We want to hear from you. Father Jordan Dosh will join me. Do you have a question? Do you have a comment? Uh, contact us and uh, see how we do right here. We'll be back in just a moment. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Straight Talk is here. My name is Monsignor Schumacher, your host. What is on your mind? Any comments? Any questions? I had a priest on my floor. He's now a bishop, Bishop Daniel Thomas. He used to ask us, do we have any questions? Do we have any comments? Or obfuscations, from which we get the word obscure. There are a lot of events in this world and church that obscure us. I saw recently, by the way, how Fulton Sheen's body is now destined to go to Peoria. Uh, and I don't know if you're following this, but uh, it's, a, it's a good, good place uh, to start here. I, I, I have uh, pulled this, you know Fulton Sheen. He was born in 1895. He died in New York in 1979. He, uh, Archbishop Sheen, 
was a host of the Catholic Hour radio show. It, it was entitled, Life is Worth Living. That was a different time, by the way, of communication. Uh, people of all faiths watched him on TV. And he, when he died in 1979, he said he wanted to be buried in New York, and then he was, and he was moved to St. Patrick's Cathedral. And then uh, the Peoria Diocese opened his cause, and they started to uh, begin the process to move his body back to Peoria. That's where he was born. And then he was ordained a priest for the Diocese of Peoria as well at the age of 24. Anyway, after uh, three different rulings, uh, the uh, ruling now from the New York Appeals Court is that the earthly remains of the venerable Fulton Sheen should be moved to Peoria. And that can pave the way for the next step, uh, which is towards his beatification, unless there's a unless there's another appeal. All of this is very interesting. Uh, I, it makes me think of Kath, uh, Catherine of Siena, uh, whose, whose uh, head is in Siena and, and whose body is in Rome. Father Dasha and I were visiting about that uh, this morning, as well as St. Thomas Aquinas, for example. Uh, his, uh, his body is in Toulouse, and his head is in a reliquary, uh, around Fossa Nova, uh, outside, outside of Rome. I'm not saying that we should split Venerable Fulton Sheen's body. Uh, that, that's uh, old school. Uh, but it, it does, it does uh, double devotion, perhaps. And uh, it's also kind of a hard, difficult narrative to explain to our non-Catholic uh, brethren, uh, brothers and sisters. But uh, that, that, is, uh, that is news right there. Uh, that I that I saw say by the way we know that uh, m miracles have to be attributed uh, to the, the 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 road to sainthood right and Archbishop Sheen's intercession venerable Sheen's intercession is credited uh, with uh, this miraculous recovery of a pronounced stillborn uh, this this baby was born uh, in, in the Peoria area, and uh, in September of 2010, the baby is later named James Fulton Ingstrom, but th this baby showed no signs of life, no pulse for an hour after his birth, and his parents prayed for his recovery through the intercession of Fulton Sheen, and uh, the heartbeat started again. And he escaped as well any serious medical problems. Profound, uh, profound there. The, the congregation for the causes of saints ruled that the baby's recovery was miraculous, as well as the panel of doctors and theologians. That event happened in September of 2010, and it was called a miracle in June of 2000. 14. So, Archbishop Sheen's body, if you're keeping track of it right now, it's in the New York, St. Patrick's Cathedral, and the ruling is it is to move to Peoria, Illinois. He was ordained a priest at the age of 24, but I don't think it's going to get out of there uh, 
easily. Uh, I also saw this article. Uh, we have a listener question. Let me take this. Uh, I have heard that if we give up something for Lent, we can forego that on Sunday. All right. Let's look at that question. Uh, first of all, uh, I've been hearing this in my whole church career. What does that mean? I entered the seminary in 1986. This is when you start thinking uh, about uh, the days of Lent. And, but I, I, I had a friend who on Sundays would, uh, would, would uh, for example, if you gave up candy, he could eat candy on Sunday, okay? So I started to look at this. All right, there are, there are six Sundays in Lent this year. Uh, March 10, 17, 24, 31, and April 7 and 14, that's 6, and then uh, the 21st is Easter Sunday. But if you look at Ash Wednesday to, uh, to, uh, to Easter Sunday, uh, which is March 6 to April 21, you have 46 days. So you have, you have six days uh, to, to, uh, to use in other ways, so to speak, because of the 40 days of Lent. But if you read the general norms for the liturgical year, you read that Lent is from Ash Wednesday to the Lord's Supper exclusive, which means Lent runs from Ash Wednesday to before the Lord's Supper when we move into the Triduum. It's called the Triduum, uh, the last part of Holy Thursday, then Good Friday, then Holy Saturday, and the first part of Easter Sunday. So uh, if that's the case, then from Ash Wednesday to Holy Thursday, we have 43 days. If, according to the general norms, Lent runs from Ash Wednesday to the Lord's Supper. Th these are one of those uh, discussions that, that, are, that are fun for a while. I, I, I always say, the spirit of Lent is to, is, to, is to remain vigilant and to probably on Laetare Sunday you could, you could give up your resolutions. But I, but I will also say this, our resolutions are not on and off and should not only uh, run till Easter, they, they, should, they should change our lives. And uh, so can you give up your fast on Sundays? During Lent, well, first of all, we don't fast. On, we're called to fast on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday and, and abstain on Fridays during Lent. But can you give up your resolutions? Uh, you know, if, if, you wanna, if you want to, fine. There are six Sundays there. I don't, I, don't re I, I, I don't recommend it because what I try and do during Lent carries me on for the rest of my life. Here's a question on the phone. Kelly from Dickinson asks for some information about indulgences. Kelly, good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. Good morning. What is your question, Kelly, for us? Um, if you could talk through it, in, in Lent kind of, that the discussion on Lent kind of spurned this question, but if you look through different devotionals, for example, the Stations of the Cross, the Lenten Stations of the Cross booklet, it talks about indulgences and gaining indulgences to the faithful who practice. Um, different devotions in the church, whether it's plenary or partial indulgence. Could you talk through a little bit, Monsignor, what indulgences are, where they came from? Does the church still recognize them? And then the difference between plenary and partial indulgences. 
Uh, thank you for the question, Kelly. I, I remember many years ago I visited with a, a, a young gal who said who she was just received into the Catholic Church, and uh, she said that um, uh, thank God the church no longer teaches about indulgences, uh, or I wouldn't have become. Uh, a Catholic, and I said, well, uh, well, the, 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 the church does still teach about indulgences. The, the catechism of the Catholic Church describes uh, an indulgence as a, it, it, it's, it's a remission of uh, temporal punishment uh, due to sins, which we've committed. Remember, when you hear the word indulgence, the first thing we have to recall is that the church places an indulgence on anything it thinks is important, all right, mm. from uh, praying for the Holy Father's in, uh, prayers, his intentions, to visiting a, a grave uh, during the month mm -hmm. of uh, November. I, I recommend anyone uh, with this interest about indulgence to, to uh, get an incaridian of indulgences. And there you have mm. all the indulgences. Uh, th this isn't a way we control God. It's a way we ask for God's uh, remission of sin. It requires confession. It requires an act of charity. And they are divided into uh, two categories. Uh, partial and plenary, and so look into all that. Kelly, thank you for reminding us if you've done anything uh, with my with my <laughs> la lack of cohesive answer. Indulgences <laughs> are indulgences are alive and well in the Catholic Church, and indulgences mean that we are called to do something that is important for our faith when applied to confession and prayers for the Holy Father, acts of charity, our sins are forgiven and temporal punishment is lessened mm -hmm. due to our sins all right kelly thank you for the call thanks and visit senior. us again thank you got another okay. one here mike on facebook please explain our relationship with the guardian angel do we ask them to intercede for us what do we ask them to do uh thank you mike uh, we all have a guardian angel uh it's scriptural when our lord said uh, that there are angels following the these young ones and 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 children we we never uh, we never have to worry about our guardian angel failing us because remember angels have a resolute will right once they choose god they've chosen god they stay with god so we we don't have to worry about our guardian angel going to the dark side like like we do like like humans do with their fickle free will right today i like god tomorrow i don't know Today I want to go to church. Today, tomorrow, today we 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 have this we have this fickle free will, which is affected by uh, original sin. So we can ask our guardian angels to intercede for us. We uh, don't give them enough credit, and the guardian angels uh, work in my life in very mysterious ways. And I'm going to tell you how with with the with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I have situations in my life where you look back and it's sort of like wow that 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 really could have turned out bad but for some reason it didn't and i'm not talking about long-term goals in my life i'm talking about something like backing out of a parking stall 
and I break my habit in how I do it. But for a split second, I'll stop and I'll look again and there'll be, there, there, there was a kid that was fetching a ball. And instead of saying, boy, I'm glad that I caught that, I think we've got to give credit to the Holy Spirit and to the nudge of our, of our guardian angel. This is Straight Talk. My name is Monsignor Schumacher, 877-795-0122. I don't want this time to get away from me. Uh, call in. We're going to run this for the rest of this half hour. Uh, and we've uh, visited about some, some good things so far. Uh, I'm not an expert, but I'll try and lead you to where you can find the answer. Brother Randall Reed, God rest his soul, the long-term librarian at North American College in Rome, always said, my dear boy, my dear gentleman, gentlemen, you don't always have to have the answer. You need to know where to find the answer. And so we're, we're all studying in the library, you know, thinking we have to have the answer. And then Brother Randall would bring us coffee and he would say, gentlemen, gentlemen, you don't have to always have the answer. You need to know where to, to find the answer. And I'm going to tell you what, in the Catholic Church, we have a tremendous resource of places to, to find our answers. The Catechism of the Catholic Church is one of them. Great Catholic websites, blogs is another. The history, the theology, the richness of the Catholic Church is like a mountain to climb. And as one of my wise professors said, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the points of education, one of the goals of education is to realize how much there is to learn and uh, how you can't learn it all. But as Brother Randall Reed said, we can know where to find it. Here's an article from the USA Today. It's a sobering article, in, in very somber in its content, about how deaths from alcohol, drugs, and suicide have hit their highest level uh, since record-keeping began. Uh, this, this article said that deaths from alcohol, drugs, and suicide had a 6% increase in 2017. Uh, it was greater than the 4% increase in 1999. I'm going to be very honest with all of you. When I, when I read an article like this, I'm not surprised. Uh, the, the, why? We just heard Paul Steffes say, he said this, if you don't have any belief, you have chaos in your life. Why are these deaths from alcohol, drugs, and suicide increasing? from year to year. Uh, there were 64,000 in 1999, 151,000 in 2017. If we don't have faith, and we know how the nothings are increasing, almost um, not in a humorous way, but with our secular me media, uh, you know, it's... Uh, the, the nothings. Well, what's a nothing? They, they have no religion. Nothing. This is an increasing, not religious body, it's an increasing group of people. Uh, this is increasing, and if we don't have faith, we, we lose a, a courage and a richness. It's also our sterile living. It's our screen time. 
This woman by the name of Laura Beth Bowman Stein said that, uh, you know, with our technology, the world is getting smaller, but the world is getting lonelier. She talked about how we don't, we don't see people anymore the way we used to. We don't go to places to see these people anymore. We, we lack belonging. Um, Laura Beth Bowman Stein said we're not connected the way we used to be. There are many ways for us to connect, and our faith is one of them. Putting down the phone is another, but we are so tied to it. I talked about this on a, re- a recent show some time ago, how, we, how we're all staring at a screen, how we all are disconnected, uh, but connected more than ever, but lonelier. Uh, we, we are a society that, she says, continues to lack compassion, integrity, sympathy. I, I, I'm not saying this is going to get better. Uh, U.S. deaths from alcohol, drugs, and suicide hit the highest level since record-keeping began. Uh, it is because of all of those reasons. We got a Trinity student here with us. Uh, good morning. Welcome to the program. Introduce yourself. Thank you. Um, I am Isaac Ellicamp, senior at Trinity High School. And my question would be, Yes. what does the church require for marriage preparation? The church requires for marriage preparation, first of all, that you're of age in the region that you're going to uh, get married. That you um, are free to get married. What does that mean? It means that you are, you don't have a previous marriage. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to be baptized, although for a sacramental marriage, you need two baptized people, unless you receive uh, uh, permission from the bishop, and that's part of the course you will learn if you go to the seminary, Mr. Ellercamp. And uh, it also requires uh, different things from diocese to diocese, okay? Some dioceses require six months of prep time. Some require nine. Uh, Some uh, require uh, natural family planning prep. Some don't. So uh, are you you old enough to get married legally in the area you're going to get married? Are you stable and freely and able to enter into marriage and meet with the priest, go through the prep, and uh, that's a very good question. Thank Anything you. else? Um, I, I don't think so. We have Parkston here, Rosemary from Parkston, asking, is there temptation in heaven? Well, temptation is... Uh, not a weakness necessarily because remember our Lord was tempted for 40 days but temptation is our weakness and our our soul and our free will of failing so in the sense that we will be in heaven we will experience the beatific vision in the sense that those words of St. Paul will be fulfilled that eye hasn't seen ear hasn't heard nor is it dawned on man what God has prepared for those who love him? Uh, the answer is no. Are you on the phone, Rosemary? Yes, I am. Uh, I just answered your question. Where is Parkston? 
about 20 miles south of Mitchell on Highway 37. Marvelous. Near the intersection of 37 and 44. Thank you. So uh, tell me why you came up with this question. Is there temptation in heaven? Because I was reading, I was reading The Word Among Us, and, and there's an article about love, mercy, and grace, and that was in the beginning of the article about um, temptation. It says, um, okay, think about how different heaven is from earth. On earth, sin continues to wound people every day. In heaven, not only is there no sin, but there's no temptation either. That's, that's correct, and that's the summary of my answer. Okay. Uh, remember, when we, uh, when we say, and we have this term, that the devil made me do it, the devil doesn't make us... D the only power the devil has over us, uh, aside from uh, possession, which is rare, the only power the devil have, has over us is to, is to tempt us, is to, is to recommend to us that we do it. When we sin, we shouldn't say, the devil made me do it. No, I did it. The devil probably recommended it. But remember how Adam and Eve were tempted in the garden. Adam and Eve had direct us from God, and it was a serpent said, oh, God said, you, God said this to you because of this. And then they were tempted. Thank you for our listener from Parkston. I have a listener uh, not on the phone. Here's a listener question. Jack from Fargo asks, what are the first steps to develop a personal relationship with Jesus? I think it, it, it always goes back to the fact in recognizing, Jack, that I am a sinner. That I am a sinner. And then the second question you need to ask, if I am a sinner, which separates me from God, if you have, if you have that right notion of sin, the Old Testament definition is missing the mark. I like that. If you are a sinner, then you have to ask yourself, can I get out of this on my own? And the second step in the relationship to Jesus after recognizing I am a sinner is to recognize you cannot save yourself. And so if I am a sinner and I cannot save myself, the third step is believing that I need a Savior. And that Savior is Jesus Christ. I, I often listen, Jack, to Protestant preachers. I, I sometimes do it while I'm making my omelet after all of my Sunday work, after the weddings, the baptisms, the masses, the meetings, just to kind of unwind, and occasionally I'll turn on the Protestant sinners, and I'm going to tell you what, what they do more than what, what we do. They convince their people of their sinfulness. I found that these Protestant preachers speak more of sinfulness than, than, than I do because they know that this is the first step. Well, when we come to Mass, what do we do? We first recognize our sinfulness. Once had a woman come to me and say, hey, not, she didn't say hey, but father, I was a father at the time, she said, you know, I, I, I come to Mass and I, I, I want this celebration and I, 
And, and the, the first thing we always talk about is sin. And I said, you got it. That, that's, that's why we're here. The, 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 the Holy Mass begins with the penitential rite. We come, we greet each other, and then what do we do? Let us prepare ourselves to celebrate these sacred mysteries. How do we prepare ourselves? Recognizing I am a sinner. Recognizing I cannot save myself. Recognizing that I need a savior. Jack, thank you for that. And remember, above all, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is heartfelt. Religion is above all a relationship with Jesus Christ, beginning with, with that. So thank you very much, Jack. And uh, we're having some good questions. I, I think uh, we're, we're working through them. And uh, we're coming up on 57 past uh, the hour. This is Real Presence Live. We have a couple more minutes for any more questions that come in. If, uh, and if they don't, uh, we're going to take our break at the top of the hour here soon. And uh, we got a we got a good rest of the show planned for you, uh, especially at the top of the hour. We're going to have weather for our region, and then uh, our our interviews will will continue uh, as we work through Lent. Paul Braun on Facebook here has a question. I, I know Paul, and uh, for he's uh, a friend of mine. Uh, it's good to uh, hope hope to see you again as well, Paul. As his question comes in. I know that Paul works uh, for the Diocese of, of Fargo, and we're waiting for that to, uh, to, to come in here. I, I like this. Uh, okay, he's just saying hello. Hello to you, Paul. Hope you and Mary are doing well. Hope all of our listeners are doing well. The, you know, the, the extent of our listening audience with Real Presence Live is, is really amazing. And when I speak with Steve Splonskowski, for example, I, I, I'm always amazed at how he talks about going and expanding and doing what is God's will for Real Presence Radio. And it's just amazing. We're, t we're not only talking to people around the state of North Dakota, we're talking to people here around the upper Midwest. The extent of Real Presence Radio is powerful. And listening to it, I know, uh, brings grace to your life. Like I said, as we started the show, I hope you're having a good start to this day, this Thursday after Ash Wednesday, March 7th. If you're not, keep listening to Real Presence Live, and I pray and I hope and I really believe and know that your day will, will get better. It is 58 minutes past the hour, and we're, we're going to take a break here. As we come back at the top of the hour, we're going to talk about, do you know anybody with limited means? who has no access to prescription drug insurance. In the next segment, we're going we're gonna to talk with a woman uh, that has literally saved lives when it comes to helping people get their prescriptions. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. And then following that, we're going to have our 10-minute our, uh, tour, which is, uh, which is always fun. Uh, I wish we could do this for many more hours every day. I only get two hours with you uh, every now and then, but it's, uh, it's always a, a great way for our listening audience to, to really tune into uh, to questions and segments and events that are important to them in our area. It is Real Presence Live. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. This show is coming to you live from the Steffes campus. 
the school of Dickinson Trinity Middle School and High School. You can listen to us on our site. This show will be on our podcast. If you miss it, go to yourpresenceradio.com. We'll be back in just one moment. <laughs> 